When inbound marketing is done right, it becomes much more than just a marketing strategy. It plays a role in your sales and service processes as well. But sometimes that's easier said than done. Sales reps can be hesitant to embrace new ways of doing things, especially if it means switching up the techniques that got them to where they, where they are in the first place. So how can you get your sales team to see the value of inbound marketing? That's what we're going to cover in this episode of Solving Inbound. Welcome back to Solving Inbound. I'm John Becker here with Connor Delaney, talking about the ways that we can get our sales teams to see the value of inbound marketing. And, and first, Connor, we're going to talk about how inbound marketing benefits sales, both directly and indirectly, and then start to look at some techniques to get uh, the inbound process embedded in your sales, uh, your sales technique from your from your team so that you can ultimately improve close rates, shorten the sales cycle, et cetera. Sound good? Yeah, I love it. Awesome. So let's uh, first, we'll talk about the ways that inbound marketing, and, and I, I, th- I think there's naturally some skepticism there. How can marketing impact sales? How can something that's happening on the other side of the aisle, so to speak, even have an influence on sales? So start off, talk to me about how there's like some indirect benefits to your sales team from what your marketing team might be doing. Yeah, well, let's let's start with this. And I think we all will understand the analogy. We've probably said it about sales before is sales, they're, they're like the old dog that can't learn new tricks is typically the excuse for how, how this stuff starts is sales has their ways. They'll always do it this way, um, especially if they're used to doing like outbound tactics. So when you introduce a complete new way of selling, they're not going to want to not going to want to deal with it. But the way that you kind of perk their ears up is is the first indirect benefit that comes to mind is they're going to get more qualified leads from inbound marketing. And the reason that that happens is because inbound is more intentional and they're the buyers are more interested. They're look at, they're seeking it out versus being sought out. And we've talked about that in a past episode of that inbound versus outbound comparison. Um, but when sales reps are told that you're going to get more qualified leads and you're not going to be dealing with people who have no idea what you're talking about. That's probably a nice, a nice first step. And while it sounds indirect, it will eventually, will eventually get to a direct benefit of closing more deals most likely, um, which is really exciting. What else comes to mind for you, John? Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I think even when our sales team, for instance, at Impact is doing prospecting, which I think most sales reps don't really like all that much, they're prospecting people who are actually on our website, reading our content. They're already coming to us. They're already knowing our brand, knowing our style, knowing what we do. So it's not this you know, 40 cold calls a day reaching out to people who have no idea who you are or what you're selling. Even when they are doing outreach, it's, it's, it's completely of a different color because that inbound marketing has brought people to our site and uh, has them learning who we are and, and what we do. And the more content that they've read, the easier it is to close them. The, the, the more kind of bought in they are to what we do. And that's we've seen that with our, our clients as well. But we're talking about something else here too, that 
the, the sort of the inbound philosophy and the inbound strategy doesn't just apply to marketing. And that's kind of, it, it takes a shift, but I think it's really, really important. And so there are those indirect benefits that, as, as you said, Connor, sales reps are going to be talking to better fit prospects, but there are also direct benefits where what, what we advise our sales team to do and, and our clients as well is to do what we call assignment selling. And this is something we're going to cover in much more depth in a later episode. But just to introduce it here, assignment selling is using content in the sales process to help educate buyers. So if the marketing team produces a piece of content, answering a specific question that a buyer has, the sales rep can then give that content to a prospect before a sales call so that they are th those like core questions, those basic questions are covered before the call even starts. So the call can be more productive. The sales process can go from, you know, four calls down to three calls or whatever it is. And, and that's a really tangible, really direct benefit of inbound marketing or of the sort of inbound philosophy to your sales team. Now, John, I don't want to dive too much into assignment selling because I do think it, it warrants its own conversation, but I can just hear, I can hear a salesperson saying, how is that actually a benefit for me to send, you know, for lack of a better term, homework to a prospect before the call? Because they're probably going to say, well, why is a prospect going to want to do more work? They like, why would they care? Why is it important? Can you really briefly touch on why it's actually a benefit for the salesperson to send that content ahead of time and, and some of the benefits there? Absolutely. Any sales rep listening to this or any sales rep out there knows that most calls, they're answering the same questions over and over and over and over again. And you, you almost sort of can hear the question, anticipate the question before it even comes, and you find yourself repeating yourself over and over and over again. Now, imagine if that prospect came into the call with all of those questions already answered. All of those basics, they had the content that addressed those basic questions. It could be about cost. It could be you know, comparing two, um, two options. It could be a description of the buying process, what happens next, who they're going to work with, anything. But if those questions are out of the way, those kind of general questions that everyone asks, then suddenly the sales conversation can get to their specific needs that are unique to them and to, unique to their situation. So it not only feels more personalized, but it also speeds things up. You don't have to spend the first, let's say it's a 30 minute call, your first 15 minutes answering the same questions you want. You get a full 30 minutes of here's how it applies to John Becker, not who here's how it applies to all those prospects. Exactly. I think that's awesome. And, and, you know, we're going to, I think we'll dive into it in more depth soon. Um, but there's an episode that, that recently came out um, where Kevin Phillips joined us and we talked about sales enablement materials. And it's, it's a really good listen for talking about the difference between, you know, the indirect benefit of bringing in more qualified leads and the more direct benefit of how sales enablement content really helps. So if you haven't listened to it, we'll put it in the show notes, but it is a really good episode of that clarifies the difference between those two and where this comes in. Um, so John, why don't we hop into part two about getting your sales team on board? Um, and the first thing that we that we came up with as we were prepping for this episode was finding that champion in your organization. Can you define who that champion is and kind of why that's important? A champion is someone who is open to trying something new. You know, you can think of that sales rep who's most 
you know, most eagerly embraced a CRM or is most likely to attend sales conferences, who is, it, it might be the youngest, it might not, but but it might be the youngest sales rep who maybe isn't as dyed in the wool and, and, and stuck in their ways. And, and they're willing to, you know, try something new, experiment to, to improve. And, and it always helps to have some person on the inside who can kind of pilot something and see some benefits. And then all of a sudden, if their close rates go up or, or their, um, you know, their pipeline gets shorter, then other people start to take notice. So it's, it's nice to have someone help you kind of pilot it. Um, so other people are hearing it from other sales reps are hearing it from one of their own, not just from you. So that's a champion. Um, but, you know, I think after that, I, I think it's really important to brainstorm content together, you know, work with your sales team, like talk with them. What are the questions that they're hearing every single time? Uh, you know, what is the content that would best address that? And we did talk about this a little bit with, uh, with Kevin in the episode that you alluded to, but, you know, it could be a video that just, you know, imagine a 10 minute video that laid out all of the answers to those questions or, you know, a buyer's guide, as we talked about with Kevin or, or an article or a webpage with, with FAQ questions, but it, it aligns with what, you know, what we're talking about always on this podcast, which is building trust with buyers, answering questions, being direct, being candid, et cetera. But having those, uh, those sales reps come together, talk about the questions that they're hearing, talk about um, how they could better educate prospects is always a good place to start. Definitely. And, and, you know, we've alluded to it before, but when you brainstorm together, it's really about how is a prospect asking that question? How is a prospect phrasing that response? Because if they're saying it this way, they're likely typing it this way. And for them to become that, to get that indirect benefit we talked about earlier, for them to become a qualified lead, you've got to address them pretty early on when it comes to inbound. And then over time, even answering those more down the line, more personalized questions, that still needs to be in the phrase of the buyer, which is really cool. Yeah. John, the next one that uh, that comes to mind for me, and you actually gave me this quote, and I, I've just I've been thinking about it since we first talked about doing this episode is making the blog belong to everyone and really getting getting the whole getting your sales team behind the content curtain a little bit. And and what that makes me think of is like the sales team has to understand the content that you're putting out for it to actually make sense. Marketing and sales can often have different brains. They can be working in different spaces. They can be separated from each other. But when that brainstorm, when it is put into action, the sales team feels like they're a part of that content process. And that's where the magic starts to happen is when they fully understand that I published this article because John on the sales team asked for this article. And when they can feel like they have ownership of that, whether they were a subject matter expert that was interviewed for that article, or maybe they were just someone who brought the idea to you and you did your research and put it together yourself. Um, when they can see behind the just the blog itself and they can understand the process to put that together, they feel more invested in it. And then when they start using the content, they can show that you've not only achieved the objective that they set out for, but then you can start to attribute revenue back to, Hey, if we hadn't written this article, this $10,000 deal might not have closed or may not have closed as fast. And, and when there's that balance or, you know, that collaboration, I think that's where, where this magic starts to happen beyond just the brainstorm phase. Totally agree. And I think another option that, that you didn't say, but it's worth mentioning is sometimes a marketer might ghostwrite for a, uh, for a sales rep. And I have an article uh, that I ghost wrote for one of our sales team that's coming out, um, I think, next week. 
And it, it speaks to an industry that he used to work in. Uh, we collaborated on it, so he gave me some input. And then it goes out under his name. And you know that's a win for me because it's it's in his name. He has ownership of it. He read through it. He, you know he really liked it. He's he's he was a part of the uh, the production process. And like you said, it's it's ownership. It's feeling connected to it. And then he's more likely to share that with the prospect. He's more likely to um, you know post it on social media, etc. Uh, and that that allows you, as you were saying, it allows your team, your company to to celebrate the wins, you know, to to mm-hmm. see the effect of this. And um, at Impact, we use a tool called Paper Flight, which is a way of sharing content with prospects that's better than like sending them an email with a bunch of URLs in the bottom. It gives us a lot of data on the back end, but it it creates a, a more engaging and pleasant experience for the prospect. So then I, as the marketer, I'm able to go in and like dive into all this data and see like, here's what's being read the most. Here's how much time people are spending on each one of these pieces of content. And I'll just share a a small detail from it. I did this research now um, more than six months ago, but I think it's it's relevant. We have a a really detailed buyer's guide that goes into all aspects of our uh, of our program, you know, who you're going to be working with, what it's going to cost, how long it's going to take, all of that sort of stuff. And it's long. Um, and prospects spend an average of about 11 minutes reading it. Just one time when they open it, but the average prospect opens it four times. So that could be them, that could be sharing it with uh, other decision makers, makers at their company. We can see with the data, what pages uh, they, you know, this is a, a long document. So what pages they spend the most time on, where they click, you know, all of this stuff that that we wouldn't have had all that, all, all of this insight into, even with HubSpot, we wouldn't have the same level of insight, but we're able to see the data that shows, yes, people are engaging with this. Yes, they're spending time on certain pages. It's answering their questions. And those who read the most content closes deals. Not all of them. Not all of them, but but you know many uh, the the ones who read the most content. I think I, I uh, in this particular study I looked at tw- uh, twenty uh, prospects who read the, the the twenty prospects who read the most content, and it's something like sixteen of them closed. So right. people are are, re- are really coming. You know they're they're thinking a lot about a, a decision. They're evaluating a lot of information, and even if they don't close, I think that's still a a, a win because. They might come back to us in six months. You know, we we didn't pressure them into into a sale that wasn't a good fit. We educated them, and they made a decision. And we have to kind of live with that. We put our best foot forward, and that's ultimately marketing and sales working together to to educate. Right, and I think that's that's pretty much the key takeaway from from this conversation today, John. Is sales and marketing are more blurry than ever before. And inbound really leads to, for inbound to be successful. And you know, you think, how are people reading this much content? How are they spending 11 minutes on a single article? Sounds crazy, but if they're reading it three or four times, they're like, that's closing in on an hour. How are they spending an hour on this one piece of content? Well, when they're making a buyer decision like this, yeah, the marketing needs to line up with them making a significant purchase. And this all comes together into saying that, Sales and marketing, when it comes to inbound, has to be a seamless experience. It has to be a cohesive experience. And the wins come from both sides. Again, I, I'm thinking back to those indirect and direct benefits. Like it starts from marketing bringing them in, 
but sales and marketing are working together the entire time. And, and that leads to how to get your sales team more bought in on inbound marketing. Absolutely. You imagine that hour spent with the buyer's guide is an hour taken out of the sales process. You know, that, that's one fewer call. That's, that's just less conversation, less back and forth. And I, I completely agree with you, Connor. And I think this is, this is huge for our audience to hear. If your teams aren't in sync, imagine that prospect reading three, four, five articles on your website, converting, setting up a sales call, going into the call with your sales team, a well-educated customer and the sales team saying, oh yeah, yeah, we don't do it that way anymore. Yeah, that we've been that, that's outdated, or it costs more now, or so, you know that that experience is jarring and is going to throw a prospect off and think this company doesn't have their stuff together. They they don't have a clear message. If they can't work well together, can they work well with me? And that's you know that that's the that's the worst experience you could you could provide. So you're 100 right. The line between marketing and sales is is blurrier than ever before. And if we can provide a seamless experience, we're serving our buyers well. Amen to that. All right, John, I'm going to call it there. This was another great episode of Solving Inbound, where we answered the question, how do I get my sales team to see the value of inbound marketing? We hope that you enjoyed. We hope we'll see you next week. And until then, we'll talk to you later.